Good morning, everyone. I'm so happy to be here with all of you and to see that some of you made it through the snow safely. I am Brooke Carmi, the Relationship Development Coordinator at the Cleveland Pregnancy Center. And I know many of you have volunteered or uh, helped out at the center, but for those of you who are not familiar with the Cleveland Pregnancy Center, we are a Christ-centered pregnancy resource center and our ministry exists in Cleveland, Ohio to provide Christ-centered support and life-affirming resources to women and men facing unplanned pregnancies. We offer free and confidential services and resources like ultrasounds and decision counseling and parenting and life skills to help walk along moms and dads throughout their journey of parenthood. We also offer hope and healing to those who have suffered through pregnancy loss, whether by abortion or miscarriage. Our mission at the center is to save lives and help families prosper and to share the gospel with those who walk through our doors. I just wanted to give this brief introduction to the ministry that I'm a part of because the message that we're talking about today, the sanctity and the value of human life, is ingrained in everything that we do at the center. So I just want you to hear my heart for that work and this topic as we talk about understanding the sanctity and the value of human life as Christians and the devaluation of, of human life in our culture that we face today and finally our role as Christians in society. I, if you'll bow your heads, I'm going to begin by praying for us today. Lord, I thank you for gathering us here today and for the beautiful time of worship that we've had. God, I pray that you open our ears today to hear your word and to know your voice. Speak to all of our hearts and strengthen our wills so that we can serve you today and always. We pray this all in your name. Amen. So historically, Sanctity of Human Life Month happens in January, and it's a time that churches across the nation set aside to honor and to recognize the value of all human life. Last Sunday was the Sanctity of Human Life Day, and this week we saw the March for Life in D.C. and many national marches and events across the nation taking place all over for people to gather, recognize, and fight for the preservation of the sanctity of human life. But as we enter this time of year, specifically the month of January, when we hear that phrase, sanctity of human life, over and over again, and we even say it over again, do we really know what that signifies and what is truly intended by that statement? And if we do, what are we doing as Christians to preserve it? Society's views on the value of human life are all over the place. To gather some of the differing and trending opinions out there on the value of life while preparing for this message, and honestly just out of my own curiosity, I did a quick Google search on the value of human life. I pulled some statements from the first five articles just to share with you so you get the scope of how people are viewing the value of human life in our society today. The first statement I pulled states, 
Some scientists have estimated that the chemicals in the human body are worth about $160. The second article was all about how economists view our value as humans. They had a ton of different equations mentioned, all trying to determine the value of each individual person's life. And most of them were based on their savings accounts at the end of life or the cost of their health care, a bunch of different economic factors. The third stated that in theory, human life is priceless, but in reality, it's worth about $50,000. The fourth statement that I pulled was also in an economist perspective. Stanford economists demonstrated that the average value of a year of quality human life is actually closer to about $129,000. And then finally, one statement said, the task of valuing life has many competing truths and no simple answer. And honestly, of all of these, I think that that is the most alarming statement of them all because there is no, no real value placed on human life according to this. I had to scroll eight pages to find a single article about the Christian perspective on the value of human life. And it was from the Human Coalition, which is a national pro-life organization, much like the Cleveland Pregnancy Center, that is geared at helping abortion-minded women choose life for their babies. This article was titled, What is the Value of Human Life? And the very first statement on this page boldly said, every human is made in the image of God. And finally, we have the right start. From a biblical standpoint, the sanctity of human life is rooted and grounded in creation. To us, as Christians, mankind is not viewed as a cosmic accident, but as the product of a carefully executed and perfectly designed creation by an eternal God. Human dignity is derived from God as we're assigned our high value at creation in God's image. It is not determined by the size of our savings accounts, the insurance policies that we have, or what contributions we make to society. It is solely rooted in the value that God has placed on us at creation. The creation account in Genesis provides the framework for human dignity. You can read along at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all of the wild animals, and over all of the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The creation of humans in the image of God is what sets us humans apart from all other creatures in the entire universe. This is the basis of our value as humans. When we don't start with the image of God, then we make life 
whatever we call it to be. And we put a price tag on human value, like each of those articles I mentioned in the beginning try so hard to do. We then distract from what God has created and determined our human value to be. Until we see it through God's eyes, we will never start in the right place. And we will completely undermine the incredible value that God has placed on our lives. In doing this, we open ourselves up to deception from the devil, and we allow ourselves to question our own values and the value of others. God views this as a personal insult when life is not given the value that he has given to it. So any discussion that we have on life and on its value has to start there. Any discussion of life has to start with the divine, with God, with our creator who has made us in his own image. One of my favorite displays of just how much God values humanity is in Psalm 8. In this psalm, David is scanning the night sky and praising God for all of his creation. He starts in verse 1. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. And then David continues in verses 3 and 4 in awe of God's creation. But he's contemplating the significance of his life and really of mankind in general. He continues in verse 3. When I consider your heavens... The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. And isn't that the question? That's the question that we're trying to answer when we try to understand the value God has placed on us. It's the question that those economists and scientists are trying to answer on the value of human life. They're just not starting in the right place. He continues in verse 5, You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands, and you put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. I find this account by David to be so beautiful. God has fully entrusted us humans to be the rulers and caretakers of all the rest of his creation. And I mean, he, he calls us a little lower than the angels. That's just incredible to me. And if we truly believe that and saw this value that God has placed on human life from creation, and as David describes in this passage, I just think we would make so many decisions in our lives differently. Now, if there's any question on where that value begins, I just want to point out Several, voice, several verses that speak to the reality of life within the womb. Starting with Psalm 139, 13-16, another passage by the psalmist David. For you created me, my inmost being. 
You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to me, came to be. We find similar language in Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And again, Job says the same thing about himself in chapter 10, verse 11. God forms all of us in the womb. And in Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. From each of these verses, we gather unquestionably that every person is intimately created in the image of our creator and therefore has value from conception to death. I was recently listening to a talk by Dr. Tony Evans, and he summarized all of this so perfectly by saying, life starts at conception and ends with death. But between the two should be dignity and protection. Because everyone has the stamp of God on them, they have divine value. I thought he summarized all of that so perfectly in that statement. When we look at our culture and our world today, there are so many ways that the enemy attempts to belittle and to diminish the value of human life. We as a society have started to believe these lies that tell us that our value is determined by certain things like our socioeconomic status or whatever circumstances we are born into or even the circumstances of our birth and our existence in the first place. Again, when we start with anything other than God to determine our value as humans, then we allow these lies to form and to sorry, we allow these lies to form our value and this allows for horrific atrocities and crimes against humanity to occur. I truly see things like human trafficking that completely strips women and men of their dignity and their humanity, and abortion, which viciously ends the life of an innocent little human, I see these things as symptoms of a world that has severely diminished the value of human life. And that is the result of us looking anywhere and everywhere other than God to determine our value. So then, what is our role as Christians when it comes to preserving and protecting the sanctity of human life? What are we doing as a church to combat these dark and evil lies from the enemy? We have an incredible, an incredible opportunity as the church and as individuals to voice to others just how incredibly valuable their lives are. I know that as we take a look at all of these atrocities in our world, like abortion and like human trafficking, 
and the whole host of other things existing in our world today that are completely diminishing the value of human life in our society, it can be extremely daunting. Working within the pro-life arena, it's, it's heavy for even me. And it can seem like these issues are too big for us to tackle as individuals, as organizations, as the church. They can seem huge. But I don't think that we realize as individuals and as the church the power that we have to impact others and their view on life and its value. Whether someone is in our lives for 10 seconds or 10 years, we have the ability to shift their perspective on the value of life. This this comes in the ways that we treat them, the way we talk to them, or the way that we speak of others around them. Our judgments and prejudices and how they come up in our speech and our actions And the way that we raise our children, are we raising our children to believe what we've talked about here today, that they're fearfully and wonderfully and perfectly made in the image of our creator? Are we teaching our children that their classmates and their teammates are also made in the image of their creator? When we can reach out to others, outside of the church or within the church because no one is exempt from the enemy's lies, if we can reach out to people who are questioning their own value and remind them of the value that God has placed on their lives, then we're planting the seed for future circumstances or situations that they might find themselves in where the value of their life or the value of someone else's life comes into question. Now the final thing I want to leave you with is a single word. Have you ever picked a word for the year? It's kind of like a single word mission statement for your year. And it helps you to capture your values and intentions um, and to center your thoughts on that throughout the coming year. At the Cleveland Pregnancy Center, We pick a word for the organization for the year, and this year, our word is because. Our director, Bob, chose this word as a reminder of the significance behind every single decision that we make. Even things as simple as our financial meetings or meetings with the board, every single handwritten thank you or phone call, if we remember the because behind each decision, it can create the most amazing ripple effect of goodness. And I'll give an example just using our organization from last year of this ripple effect that can come from small individual decisions. Because 709 individuals decided to financially support the Cleveland Pregnancy Center in 2021, a new sonographer and nurse manager were hired, allowing us to be open more hours. Because of our new staffing and our hours of availability, 158 new clients received Christ-centered and life-affirming resources and support while facing unplanned pregnancy decisions. And 554 client visits occurred, including in-person and online parenting courses. 
Because of our ability to see all the clients, our staff was able to give 94 presentations of the gospel in which eight accepted the invitation on the spot and 15 were directly connected back to the church for discipleship. Because of the support of individuals and church partners like you, the Cleveland Pregnancy Center exists as a beacon of hope and healing in Cleveland. And because of that hope, 20 babies from last year's clients have already been born. 20 lives that would have otherwise been ended because their mothers had not recognized or even been told that <clears throat> the value that their child's life had and been poured into and supported through our organization throughout their pregnancies. This is an organizational example, of course, but it comes down to the individual level and our day-to-day -day decisions. But the ultimate because, which should be the driving force behind every single one of our decisions on organizational level, on the individual level, the entire driving force should be this because. Because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We have an opportunity and a responsibility as Christians to go into the world and to overcome this evil by teaching and allowing others to see, one, the value that God has placed on their lives from the beginning of time, and also to go into the world and to speak life and to speak truth into others' lives and to teach them that no matter what circumstances or what struggles they find themselves in, that their value is determined only by the one everlasting God who loves them so much that he gave his only son to wash their slate completely clean. Now, on the other hand, if we allow our because to become a but or an excuse, we can miss our calling to do God's will and to draw others to him and to allow others to see the true value of their life. And there is so much at stake when we miss those opportunities. So as you continue throughout your days, even in the most mundane situations, I want you to remember your because and the ultimate because we have and we know as Christians. Because it is in those situations and those interactions that we start to teach each other and to remind them of the value that God has placed on their lives as we've discussed today. Because God has created us in his image, because he sent his only son to die for us, all of us, then we have a significance worth preserving and worth protecting. So if you remember absolutely nothing from today, remember the word because and what our ultimate because is as Christians. I also want to mention as we close today because six and out of ten women seeking abortions attend church. I know that some or many of you, either here in person or watching online, have been deeply affected by abortion. I am here to remind you today that no matter what decisions you have made, your value is not impacted, not even a little. 
And whether it's a result of an abortion or something else, if you are questioning your value in the slightest, this message is a reminder for you today. Now, let me close in prayer before we end today, if you'll bow your heads with me. God, I just want to pray over this congregation today. I pray that every single person here today or listening online knows the value that you've placed on their lives. God, I pray that you give us as Christians the courage and the strength and the wisdom to go out into the world and not be overcome by the evil, but to conquer the evil with your light and your truth. Lord, help us to be teachers of your gospel and of your truth and of the value that you've placed on each of our lives. I thank you for your word and for our ability to share it with so many others. Thank you for keeping everyone safe as they traveled here today, and I just pray for their protection as they drive home. Lord, we pray this all in your name. Amen. And I just wanted to say that I'll be out in the atrium at a table with pamphlets on the Cleveland Pregnancy Center and all that we offer. If you feel compelled to learn any more about the ministry, or if you just want to talk at all or share your story, I'll be out there after the service, and I invite you to come and talk to us. And Miss Mary Lane, who is also at the center with us as well. Thank you so much, and have a good day.